0: Welcome back to Yang Daily. I'll be your host, Alex Cheney, bringing you all the Yang news you need to live your life right. Okay, I feel like I just returned from Wonderland after trying to dig up solid data on Delta transmission. I'm hungry. Let's get through this. Quick shout out to our Tier 3 patrons, Shane Mian and Nathan Stankowski, as well as all our other patrons. You keep us all informed and engaged. If any of you out there want to join these advocates of humanity first and independent journalism, head on over to patreon.com yangdaily. It would only take a couple of bucks a month from each listener to keep this podcast and community going and growing into the future. Now on to the news. We're at the end of the federal moratorium on evictions. How did rent relief do? 2%. That's how much of Florida's pandemic rent relief has been issued to those at risk of eviction in almost a year. 2%. And the national average is under 7 Targeting aid and leaving states to distribute does not work. Send universal checks or nudes. They'd be about as much help as the current rent relief. We're going to have a massive wave of homelessness now during a spike in COVID because we decided that states should develop a whole new bureaucratic system on the fly to identify citizens at risk of eviction, assess whether it was due to COVID, and distribute federal funds to them. Targeted aid does not reach anywhere near everyone eligible, even when the system has been in place for decades. If we had instead established a UBI, that success rate would be flipped to only 2% of people being missed. And speaking of COVID, on to the main event. The CDC has once again changed their guidance on masks, and there's some new data that has many thinking the vaccines are ineffective at preventing transmission of the virus. First off, the CDC, which previously said vaccinated individuals need not wear a mask indoors, particularly with other vaccinated people, are now recommending masks in public buildings once again. This is because the Delta variant is now completely dominant and is around twice as infectious as OG COVID, and the vaccine does not prevent transmission completely, even though it reduces symptoms and severity of illness. The CDC reported a study in Massachusetts that found vaccinated infected to have similar viral loads or amounts of virus in their body compared to the unvaccinated infected when the infection is from Delta, which 82% of infections in the U.S. now are. That makes the viral load at least 10 times higher with Delta than with previous strains. Recent studies are putting Delta COVID as one of the most infectious viruses in history, comparable to chickenpox or measles. The Massachusetts study has gone viral, no pun intended, mainly because a large portion of the infected population were vaccinated. Together, these have people asking if the vaccines mitigate transmission of the virus at all. Good question, and one we know embarrassingly little about. Whether it does or not is integral to whether vaccination is a social responsibility or an entirely personal decision. So what does the data tell us? First, let's clarify a couple of terms. Vaccine effectiveness refers to how likely it is to prevent exposure from turning into symptomatic illness. Vaccines do not stop the virus from getting into your body, they just mitigate how much it replicates and how ill it will make you by giving your immune system tools and forewarning that train it to better fight against the virus. Breakthrough infections are when a vaccinated person has enough virus in their system for our tests to detect it as an infection. The CDC's preliminary report was that Delta variant breakthrough cases may be as transmissible as unvaccinated cases. In other words, looking only at the subset of cases where the vaccine failed to prevent significant infection, those people may spread the virus as easily as an unvaccinated infected. This part is not much of a revelation. It's not saying that all vaccinated are as likely to spread COVID as the unvaccinated. It is basically a tautology saying when the vaccine fails, it fails. Thanks for that nugget of wisdom. The real story from the outbreak in Massachusetts was that 74% of those who tested positive for COVID were fully vaccinated. Given the general population of the state was a very nice 69% vaccinated at the time, that suggests that all the vaccinated who were exposed became breakthrough cases, i.e. the vaccine did nothing to mitigate significant infection. And that would suggest the vaccine does not mitigate the spread of Delta, which would be very, very bad. But the Massachusetts study seems to fly in the face of just about all prior findings, which makes it quite suspicious. It found 80% of those vaccinated infected in Massachusetts became symptomatic, which is very much counter to all of our other data. Studies from around the world, which you can find in the links, typically find full vaccination reduces your chance of developing symptoms by around 87% against Delta. Notably, if you can only get a single dose, that drops to 31%, so it's very important to distinguish between fully vaccinated and partially vaccinated. There is an outlier study from Israel, which estimates vaccine effectiveness at just 41% against Delta, but the methodology of that study is highly questionable. Among other issues, it was based on a small sample size over a short period, and the Israeli ministry admits that the results might also be skewed by sample bias, which is essentially cherry-picking the data. Even that would be much higher than the sub-20% of the Massachusetts study. Furthermore, the Massachusetts outbreak resulted in five hospitalizations, four of which were fully vaccinated and none of which were unvaccinated. Again, this massively disagrees with all other data, which shows the vaccines reduce the risk of severe illness, hospitalization and death, from Delta by 96%. As the CDC notes in their report, the Massachusetts incident was a relatively small sample from a single event, which could be an exception. For example, there could be a reporting bias with vaccinated people more likely to get tested or it could be that vaccinated people were overrepresented in those who attended the event or had contact with the infected far beyond the state's 69% vaccination rate. If, for instance, you had a crowd of, say, 98 vaccinated people and two unvaxxed and one of the unvaxxed and 10 of the vaxxed get infected, it looks really bad when you say 91% of the infected were vaccinated because you're ignoring the sample bias. More telling is that only 10% of the vaccinated got infected in this example, while 50% of the unvaccinated did. Apparently, the CDC stopped tracking non-severe breakthrough infections in May because they hate us and want us to hate them, consider it done. This leaves no single coordinated public repository for data on breakthrough infections. Fortunately, the Kaiser Family Foundation just recently did the work of trolling through each state database for us. Their analysis found breakthrough infections in less than 1% of the fully vaccinated, ranging from 0.01% in Connecticut to 0.9% in Oklahoma. They also found the unvaccinated accounted for more than 90% of all COVID cases and more than 95% of hospitalizations and deaths. In most states, there were more than 98% of cases. Granted, this is incomplete data. For one thing, many, vaccinated or not, do not report or get tested when they get sick. For another, many of the reported breakthrough cases are not from COVID. Only some states distinguish between COVID related or not when reporting illness among the vaccinated population, which is insanely stupid. So that less than 1% may be way less. Also, this is data since January, which means the vaccination rate changed dramatically throughout, from very low to up to 50%, as did the prevalence of Delta. Believe it or not, I haven't been able to find any such study from just the last couple of months, so as you can see, it's very hard to draw any concrete conclusions. Alternatively, we could compare current state vaccination rates to infection rates. Again, we find strong correlation between vaccines and lower infection rates. As you can see in the links below, the states with the lowest vaccination rates, per population and in the last seven days, are clustered in the southeast U.S., which is also the area with the highest infection and test positivity rates, positivity rate being the percent of tests that come back positive, and both being per population in the last seven days. The highest vaccination states are mostly in the northeast, which are among the lowest infection and positivity rates. This despite the Northeast having much higher population densities, which is one of the biggest natural factors for infection. That said, we're still talking correlation here and there are still many other factors at play. For one, populations that are more likely to vaccinate are also more likely to follow other precautions, such as wearing masks and social distancing. It's possible those measures are the cause of the disparity rather than vaccines. And that's the problem. Too many variables. The only way we could do an absolute test would be to get people of similar physical demographics, randomly split them into groups, vaccinate one group, and expose them all to delta, which we can't do for ethical reasons. But probably our best data comes from states that are distinguishing between vaccinated and unvaccinated in the last month. Currently, the U.S. has an almost perfectly split 50% of the population fully vaccinated Those states range anywhere from 34 to 68 percent. Given that, about half of our current cases should be from the vaccinated if the vaccines are not effective at preventing infection and symptoms, as the Massachusetts study seems to imply. But the reality is nothing like that. If we look at the breakdown of recent infections, which will almost all be Delta variant, the unvaccinated population is massively overrepresented compared to their portion of the sample. For instance, San Angelo, Texas in July reported 820 infections. 76% of those infected were unvaccinated, only 15% were fully vaxxed. With the state's full vaccination rate at 44%, if the vaccines didn't have an effect on transmission, about 44% of the infections would have been vaccinated people, but instead only 15% were. That means the vaccinated were three times less likely to get infected. That's worse than we were doing with previous variants, but it's still a striking improvement on the apparent zero effect reported by the Massachusetts study, and that San Angelo result is consistent with all other reporting. Colorado reported 20% of their July cases were vaccinated, with the state vaccination rate at 55%, meaning, again, vaccination rate there correlated with about a 63% reduced chance of infection. Again, there are still factors at play, such as vaccinated people probably taking more precautions otherwise, and less likely to report illness or get tested if their symptoms are not as bad. It would be a relief in one sense if the vaccines did not mitigate Delta transmission, because it would mean there's no reason to keep trying to convince low-risk people who don't want it. If it didn't affect the spread, it really would be the completely individual choice that anti-vaxxers have long wished it to be. But it would also mean there's definitely no hope of reaching herd immunity in the U.S. Either way, the Massachusetts results are, for now, a peculiar outlier, with the rest of our data suggesting Delta is hurting the vaccine's ability to mitigate transmission, but far from eliminating it. We definitely could use more analysis and better reporting. For now, masks, social distancing, hygiene, and vaccines are still the most surefire way to prevent transmission. If there's any silver lining to this, it's that things may be getting bad enough again that Congress might be forced to do the right thing and send more stimulus checks. Express yourself. Also, please bookmark and share the thread I put together of all of this. It took so long. I hate to leave out the big UBI news, but this episode is already long and it's already late, so I will treat you to it tomorrow. I know, such a tease. And that'll do it for today's Yang Daily. Bookmark and share the Delta Transmission thread. Flood Congress with calls, tweets, faxes, and letters using the ResistBot or Income Movement easy contacts below. If you need help, consult Humanity Forward, the Income Movement Aid Database, the Mission Asset Fund, or United Way. And don't forget, to Yang Daily.